You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Today is the last day of the week, obviously, before we play Alabama tomorrow. I cannot wait. We're going to talk about some offensive keys to victory, some defensive keys to victory, and maybe for the last time, since we'll hopefully see the real identity of this team this week, things that I'll be looking for. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts that you never miss an episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Gators on YouTube if you're not already doing so. Check out my pin tweet, let Locked On know why the Florida Gators have the best fan base in the nation. And be sure to check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790, the only place where you can get all the latest on the SEC five days a week. Check it out on Odyssey or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And now... offensive keys to victory, baby. Here we are. First one, being able to run the ball is so important. And I realize that I think we're going to run a lot. I've said that multiple times that I think we are going to run the ball a lot. I think that's the game plan. I don't know that. (laughs) I don't know that that's the game plan, but whether or not, uh, actually, I'll say this. I don't even know if that's the best strategy. I just think that's what we're going to do. I think I think that's what our offense is going to do. Play keep away at this point, which when Luke Robinson was here for Crossover Wednesday from Locked On Bama, he mentioned, you know, a lot of teams try to do that, but Bama can kind of sneak up on it, and then they're up two touchdowns, and you've been running the ball. You've got maybe three, and that's, uh, that's pretty tough to come back from against Bama. So I don't even know if that's the best strategy. I just think that that's the strategy that our Gators are going to take. And again, whether or not it is the strategy, you need to be able to run the ball against Bama. I don't care if you run it six times, 60 times, 600 times. I don't I care if you run it 600 times. That game would be the most miserable thing on the planet. But we need to have our running game work when it's called upon. That's my thing. I don't care how many times you run it. I think we'll run a lot. I don't know if we will, but when we run the ball, The offense needs to get moving. We need to get pushed. We need to get effective. That's what's important. When we run the ball, we need to be effective. Again, whether or not we run it 100 times, I don't care. It's a matter of being able to do so when you're asked to do so. Next, challenge vertically. Alabama's defensive backs are good. We know this. They're always, always good. They know how to tackle, too. That's something that Alabama defensive backs can claim that Frankly, a lot of other teams and a lot of other schools can't claim that they have good tackling defensive backs. Specifically, corners are better than most. And just, again, this is similar to when we run the ball. Whether or not you want to throw the ball deep often, you need to be able to do so when you try to. Again, with challenging vertically, it's not necessarily finding success challenging vertically. It's a matter of being able to at least challenge vertically. I don't care if you don't complete a pass deep. I mean, I, I kind of, depending on how many you take, you know, but as long as you're not turning it over, being able to throw deep will, 
hopefully make Alabama's defensive backs back off the line of scrimmage as if they were being coached by like, I don't know, like Todd Grantham or something <laughs> like, like being able to back them up, a challenge vertically will open that up and it could lead to big plays downfield. It could lead to turnovers. That's, that's a risk reward thing, but it could lead to big plays downfield and it could lead to short gains because again, Alabama's defensive backs, they're, uh, they're, they're pretty good tacklers. But if you can get quick, if you can get them to back off the line of scrimmage, quick gains, outside runs, then have a bigger chance of being more successful because you're forcing them to come up from playing off coverage to come up and make these plays. And if you can get that going, if you can get these Alabama defensive backs just just you know off the line of scrimmage, whether it's screen and I mean obviously whether you're running goes, posts, whatever it is, getting them off the line of scrimmage. Once you get them off the line of scrimmage, if you're running screens, you're running stretches, anything to get the ball out wide and maybe pick up, you know, just, just four yards on a play and know you're going to get those. That's an important thing. And especially if we're going with the ball to the running back on our quarterback on stretches, screens, whatever it is, getting receivers blocking is equally as important. And that's something that at least with us, that's a, that's a good thing that Florida Gators tend to be good at is blocking as receivers. And that's very appreciated uh, in a game like this, where, we, we need to get all the free yards that we can get. Final key to victory, play action almost always. Um, you know, I, I've said it before, Alabama's defensive scheme, very complex. That's one of the reasons they struggle or struggle against schools like the Citadel and Army and Navy that run the triple option because their defense is so complex when you're trying to set into what you're supposed to do and then, you know, you have to read, react, and things things happen. Things happen. Bang, bang, plays happen. They can get exposed, exposed uh, in air quotes if, for those of you that are just listening uh, to allow, you know, consistent gains. That, that's a big thing. Uh, if we can at least sell a handoff early. Uh, again, you don't. Here's another thing. You don't need to be able to run the ball effectively to run play action effectively. That's another thing where let's say running the ball isn't working. You don't need to run the ball effectively to actually sell play action. You need to have the threat of running the ball effectively, the threat of running the ball in general. If you can sell a handoff often, make defenders bite and open things up for the passing game. If defenders don't bite, then hopefully you'll be able to find some yards on the ground while they're lagging behind trying to react. So that's why, that's that's one of the reasons play action is so often used in the NFL. Like teams like the Titans and Falcons do it a lot because you just, you know, you, you keep the defense freezing for a second and that's all you need to open things up for the rest of your offense. So play action almost always, especially, I mean, we see it a lot because we run or so far this year, the Gators have run a lot of RPOs. So we see that happening a lot. If we can continue to do so, and maybe not even run that many RPOs, more just play actions because RPOs are a little tricky because offensive linemen try to move downfield and then you can't challenge vertically as often as you'd like because there's illegal man downfield. So there's that problem. But challenging vertically, huge. Being able to run the ball, huge. Both of those things are helped by play action game, by just a play action offense. That's huge for us. I think that if we can do those three things effectively, again, Running the ball effectively is the only thing you need to do effectively that I'm saying here. Challenging vertically, you don't need to be effective vertical. 
but you've got to challenge vertically. Play action, that's something that could be effective, might not be effective, but doing it often is how you get a, uh, a bigger chance of a more consistent offense against a team like Alabama. So this is more game plan than, uh, than well, we need to have 100 yards rushing. This is, this is way different from that. This is, we do these three things, run the ball effectively being the one that we have to do effectively. <laughs> that's, how we, uh, that, that's how we can come up and win this game and challenge Alabama's defense. I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, and now I'm constantly reminded of the insane physique these dudes are in. Like, it, it's, it's very embarrassing to be like, oh, yeah, they're, that guy's out of shape, but he's in way better shape than me, so I try not to. But uh, I've, I've realized that I need to get in better shape, so I'm committed to eating Built Bar as my daily snacks instead of, you know, Dunkaroos, like I've mentioned. Like, I like them, Oreos, things like that, instead of sugar-filled snacks. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. And, I mean, I'll let you know now, it, it's an amazing thing. Some of these flavors are just chef's kiss. And if you've got a sweet tooth like me, but you want to eat clean, Built Bar is the way to go. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now we're going to take a look at some defensive keys to victory for the Florida Gators against Alabama Crimson Tide. One, I mentioned this as my prediction yesterday. I mentioned this during the game, during the, the crossover Wednesday with Luke Robinson from Lockdown Bama. Um, force at least one takeaway. That, that's the thing that... Bama doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but mistakes they have made, opposing defenses haven't capitalized on them. Again, they played Miami, who this year just isn't a good football team. We've been saying this for a while. They're not a good football team. They've got some good players, but they're not a good football team. And then they played Mercer, and it's like, well, Mercer's just straight up a, a terrible football team. And so, of course, they're not going to be able to capitalize on plays. Gators, we're, we're not slouches. A defensive line, linebackers are questionable, but defensive line, secondary, very good units here. So hoping that we can, or I'm not even hoping, taking and getting a takeaway is huge for us. Hopefully an interception could maybe rattle Bryce Young. It would be the first interception of his young career. I hate myself. <laughs> it would be the first interception of his career and maybe rattle him a little bit. You know, maybe... Maybe get him uh, playing like C.J. Stroud. Be hesitant, play scared. We could do that. That's huge for us. We need all the momentum we can get. So I'm not going to turn down any takeaways, but I'm saying we need to force at least one. You know, let Bama's offense know, like, hey, we're here. You know, you're going to respect us. The defensive line needs to win up front. That's That goes without saying. You know, Bama has, since Nick Saban's been here, Bama has been the type of team that lives and dies in the trenches. That's that's not even a debate. That's something that they've done. They, you know, when they had bad quarterbacks like Greg McElroy and A.J. McCarron, it was all run game. Now, it's still a lot of their offense is predicated on at least the threat of being able to run the ball. So if our defense can contain this rushing attack, can get to Bryce Young, we can win this game I mean, I'm not going to say handedly, but it makes us significantly more likely to win this game. And I'm pretty sure right now, yes, yes, ESPN has us at like 20% chance of winning this game. So first of all, 
that's wrong. Like this is this is much more. I'd say I'd say 60-40. That's where I'm at. And I realize the spread is insane. I say 60-40 right now. Bama's likely to win. If you ask a lot of people their opinions, they're gonna say they're gonna say no, like Bama's gonna blow us out. You're wrong. I just want to let you know that from the bottom of my heart, you're wrong. I'm knocking on wood because I tend to screw things up. So I'm just say that. <laughs> the third key to victory defensively, stay disciplined. Like that is in, in every way. I don't just mean penalties. I mean in every way. The Florida Gators have had more penalties than we'd like to see. On the flip side, Alabama's had more penalties than we're used to. And that that's huge. But I mean, they've had quite a few offensive penalties. And at that point, we cannot make this game easier for them. If they're going to have offensive penalties, let them shoot themselves in the foot. Don't commit defensive penalties. And I'm talking about the defense specifically because primarily those have been who the flags have been thrown on. So this defense, tighten up, you know, stay disciplined. Their offense has struggled with penalties. Don't make it easier for them. That is just shooting yourself in the foot against a team that you cannot afford to shoot yourself in the foot against. Discipline and coverage is another thing to prevent the big play. I know that I've mentioned this play, I think, every day this week now because it pisses me off that much that they fell for it. The double pass against South Florida. It didn't work. It didn't give up a touchdown. Actually, sorry, it did work. It didn't give up a touchdown, though, because the receiver dropped the ball on the other end of the double pass. But this was terrible this was just awful defense bama knows that the gators blew that coverage and they bit on that double pass i would be actually i was gonna say i wouldn't be shocked i would be shocked if bama doesn't break out some kind of trick play or double pass or wildcat something where they try to get this defense biting because they know that we played undisciplined football in south florida and that will murder us if they if we play undisciplined football, undisciplined in coverage, undisciplined penalty-wise, we will get blown out by more than 16. This is a good Gators team. This is a, I mean, for Bama, it's an average Bama team. This is a game that the Gators can win, like legitimately win, but you cannot make dumb mistakes like they did with a double pass with the penalties that they get. You cannot do it. Jadarius Perkins week one shoving a dude out of bounds. I don't care if it's a blowout. That's a stupid play in your rotational player. Don't do things like that. We had a face mask last week. Don't do things like that. Like, that's a dumb thing. We had defensive holding last week. Don't do things like that. That's a dumb penalty. Don't bite on double passes. Don't bite on play actions. Stick to your assignment. That's what we have to do. That's what the Gators have to do in order to win this game. And I'll say right now, I think the trick play we see, I think it's a flea flicker. I think this defense is going to bite when they are not even, not even bite. Flea flicker is the one that I'm like, okay, you could fall for it because I mean, you're actually handing the ball off at that point. If you're throwing a screen eight yards back and you fall for it, you deserve to give up a huge play and you deserve to lose the game. If we're going to be honest, week two has come and gone. I made money. I don't know about you guys, but I did. Thanks Toledo. And I mean, thanks Notre Dame for sucking week three is here now though. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm betting on the Gators to not only win outright, but to cover the spread. I, I know I said that I wouldn't bet on the, on the Gators to win outright. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm buying in, and that's where I'm at. I'm betting on them to win outright. I'm betting them to cover the spread. I'm betting them for the under, although Luke Robinson kind of kind of made me think the other way, but I don't care. That's what I'm betting on. Bet Online is how I'm doing it because it's the best platform out there. Bet Online even covers award shows. 
TV shows and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost <clears throat> anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and get a 100% welcome bonus on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code Locked On. That is L O C K E D, no space O N. Now we're gonna get into uh, that's right. I'm burning through these. Now we're gonna get into what to look for this week because again, this might be the last week I do this segment because I'm hoping that now that we're playing Bama, which will be our toughest matchup of the season, we'll see. Uh, what this team's really all about. First, what will our offense look like? Because we know this is the first game where the playbook's completely open. They've been saying it since week one. Week one, the playbook was not open. It was so RPO heavy. Week two, opened it up a little bit, challenged vertically. Week three, though? This week? Bama week? Anything goes. I don't care what we see. I won't be surprised. Anything goes from this team. What will the run-pass split be? That's what I want to know from... This team, this game, I know that I've said I think we'll run the ball a lot. I don't know if we will. And again, I don't know if that's the best strategy, but I think it's what we'll do. And I want to know what will the run pass split be in the sense of not just not just how often we run the ball compared to how much we pass it, but who gets the ball. And also, do we get creative with who gets carries? We haven't seen a wide receiver carry it. And that's something where like Rick Wells, Jacob Copeland, Jordan Pounds, these are guys that I thought that we would see carry the ball at some point. Haven't seen it yet. My, honestly, I think that we've been saving it for Bama. I think we've been saving those kind of uh, wide receiver trick play, if you want to call them that. Uh, I think we've been saving it for Bama just so that just so that they can't prepare for it. Simple as that. Next thing I want to look out for, do we bring safeties down to the star spot? I mentioned yesterday that I think that we would see – Dewan Black, Donovan McMillan, maybe play a little bit more box safety, star spots. That's something that I still think we might see, but I want to know if we'll see it because this means that against teams like Georgia, where they run the ball a lot, we'll see it. That's what I want. I want to know what we're going to do, what we're going to do when teams run the ball a lot. I want to know how we counteract that. That that's what I'm looking for. And I know that um I am sorry, I cannot remember your name, but uh, yesterday there was a commenter that said uh, Jadarius Perkins in the star. I don't think that's a bad suggestion, but I think that Alabama did their homework, and I think that Alabama saw him bite on more than one double move last Saturday against South Florida, and I think Alabama receivers are a lot more athletic than South Florida receivers. So I don't, I don't know... Here's why. Here's where I'm at. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see Jadarius Perkins in the slot or the star spot because you're going to play man coverage at least a little bit. At least a little bit. And I think that when Bama reads man coverage, they're going to target Jadarius Perkins same way they did Avery, same way that South Florida did Avery Helm last week. South Florida did not capitalize. And granted, the play that I'm talking about specifically, I broke down on Tuesday. It was cover one, so there was a safety over top. Maybe that's why Jadarius Perkins bit on it, because he was trying to uh, maybe make a play on the outbreaking route. Maybe he was just like, I'm going to lead outside, and then if they go inside, the safety's got it. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But I don't think it's a bad suggestion to put him in the star. But I, I think I think you run a risk when you do it. 
And then the last thing that I'm looking forward to, or not even looking forward to, looking for, Jaleel Billingsley. Will he come out of the out of Nick Saban's doghouse for Alabama? I get it. I usually tend to note Gators specific things. This is big because Jaleel Billingsley is, if you don't know, an insanely athletic tight end. Like he he doubles as a kick returner. I've I've watched Noah Fant. I watched Evan Ingram. I watched Kyle Pitts. I cannot name a tight end that I see that I've seen actually play as a kick returner. Jaleel Billingsley did that last year. So I, I don't know if I don't I I mean he's out of the doghouse for you know not prioritizing football, whatever it may be, not being a good teammate, good good pro, I guess, or like a good character guy. Um and he's been in the doghouse since before the season began. This could be the game where Nick Saban's like, you know what? I uh I, I think the benefits here of, you know, really really breaking him out and really letting him free and letting him run against uh against the Gators because Bama's got two very good tight ends, Jaleel Billingsley being one of them and the more athletic of the bunch. So you could put him in the slot, and if you've got a corner as opposed to Dewan Black or Donovan McMillan. He could eat. So that's something that we've got to watch out for, the personnel that Alabama is going to throw at our Gators. But that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me Monday as we'll have a full game review of tomorrow's game against Alabama. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can also find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Don't forget to check out my pinned tweet on Twitter and immediately following the game, I'll be posting a short video of my reaction, of my takeaways of the game. Be sure to check out Lockdown ACC, hosted by Candace Cooper, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. She's just been absolutely cooking as late, and I will give credit where credit is due. And we get to hear about Florida State losing to an FCS school, so life is good because we've been hearing about freaking Georgia State for nine years now and so <laughs> i'm good with it betting on the gators doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on best podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks wrong team favorite picks blowout specials and lee sterling's lock of the day didn't even have to look at it that time let's go follow the locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts